When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So Borough's second nil-nil drawn, the bounce after the uh, the stalemate against Leicester, it was the same at Vicarage Road at Watford. First things first, Vic, before we get into the system and uh, and the bigger picture with results elsewhere, is it a good point? Is it is it two points dropped? How do you assess the result? Uh, I think it's a flexible point. Every point away from home is a good point. Uh, in the first half, possibly, we were thinking that we should have won it. You know, We dominated possession, had a couple of chances, we're probably the better team. Uh, in the second half, probably, we were lucky to get away without losing it because... They had a couple of good chances, hit the post, and the last 10 minutes or so was very, very frantic. Uh, so I think probably it's a fair point. Yeah. You come away thinking, what if? Uh, but at the end of the day, it's another one in the bank, and you know we're still uh, as it was in regard to the uh, gap over the relegation places. John, who I looked at it beforehand and thought it, it's not a must-win for either side, but it was certainly a game that, that I looked at and thought a defeat here could be damaging. And I think the game played out that way. I think other than the last five, ten minutes, which was a surprise, it was then when you expected it to get even more cagey. That was when it opened up a bit, which was a bit of a surprise. But for long stages, it was edgy, wasn't it? And it was it was neither side wanting to give an inch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were talking beforehand that Walter Mazzari was under pressure you know he couldn't afford to lose that game and equally Borough knew they couldn't afford to lose that game either in the end I mean your daft quid probably would have been on nil-nil wouldn't it um, I think first half Borough were good I, I thought they obviously in the new system the biggest compliment you could pay to Borough is that they looked like the team that had played 3-5-2 all season I thought uh, I thought everyone looked pretty good I mean yeah it's, it's the same old problem in that how can Borough convert their say dominant but their superiority in their chances and in the end obviously it was just one disallowed goal for Stuani and I think Negredo put one over that was about it <clears throat> no shots on target in the first half but Ito was understandably pretty happy about it it's the second half it's exactly the same as at Southampton albeit you know Southampton scored Borough came out after the break and they didn't look like they could cope with Watford and and they deserve credit for the defensive kind of resoluteness because of that. But why why did Borough's attacking play you know, cease to exist in the second half? I actually thought taking Stuani off was a bit of a peculiar decision in the end because he looked Borough's most likely attacking player, I thought. The the switch formation, Vic, uh, we'll talk about that. Obviously, the, the, the decision beforehand was who was going to replace Gaston Ramirez. Um, Stuart Downing or Victor Fisher. Now, obviously, the, the decision there was Victor Fisher's just come back from injury. Stuart Downing, obviously, is uncertain future. He's been the heart of the speculation all week. And in the end, I talk around avoided that by, by going for five at the back, wing backs, three in central midfield. Now, afterwards, we asked him about it, and you know, we pointed out that he does have an abundance, A, an abundance of central defenders. B, two wing-backs who were made to play in that role. And defensively, they were sound, weren't they? It's, it's finding that creativity if you're playing that, yeah. isn't it? And getting more from the three midfield men. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've said often in the office that the, the, the squad makeup is perfect for playing 3-5-2. Uh, with Fabio and George Friend, you, you've got natural outlets there that are 
defensively sound. They've got good engines that can get forward. Uh, they, you know, they, they get up to add bodies to the attack. Uh, in theory, we could play that pretty much if, every week if we wanted to. Uh, Aitor was obviously faced with a couple of problems this week. R Ramirez's injury means you've got the lack of creativity and the uh, delicate situation around Stuart Downing mentally probably wasn't, he was never uh, in contention to start. So 3-5-2 was probably the best way of, uh, of putting uh, a team out that managed to tick all the boxes. They are solid in the back. All three centre-backs today I thought were uh, very, very good against a man-mounting attack. Uh, I think there's possibilities there in that three in the middle and you could change the balance. Uh, for instance, you know, we, we said Stewie Downing would fit perfectly in there in terms of keeping the ball, recycling the ball. Uh, a little bit of game management skills, maybe. He's got the engine as well. And he could possibly even try Ramirez in, in there as well, it, as, as the more creative one, uh, with two of the, the, the workhorses behind closing the gaps. So I think it's got possibilities. It was nice to see two strikers on the pitch. Stuani looked liberated playing up, up front in a, in a role that we haven't really seen him play, but first half, I thought he's very lively, very creative. Uh, he looked like he was up for it. And there was a few times where um, the one that was offside, Negredo knocked a good ball down for Stuani. And there was another one that he scooped up onto the, the roof of the net, which again was a, a knockdown from Negredo. So that's a, a possible attacking option that we haven't really tried. It was nice to see it. And Rudy Gestead, Jono, came off the bench for the last half an hour or so. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if that system suits him in particular, but it was hard to really gauge, wasn't it? I mean, Borough were well on the back foot by the time he came on. I thought that it should have been Negredo that went off rather than Stuani, probably. Um, I mean, he held the ball up. He was a big lad, obviously. Borough put it in the box a couple of times, but um, let's just say I hope that his better days are still to come. But back to Vic's point in the midfield three, that's always been the problem with Borough. I mean, you've got three defensive midfielders in there, even in the old system. Now, you can afford to have one or maybe two creativity from those now Forshaw obviously had a quiet game I thought today but he's probably allowed one you know because he's been great all season Clayton's you know, you know Clayton obviously didn't play Darun was your holding midfielder he moved back <coughs> Ledbitter I'm not sure where he fits in I would agree with Vic I would put Ramirez perhaps where Ledbitter was today if you want a natural balance and you want to play five in the back long term you probably need a left footer in there with a with a downing or Ramirez in there it was there were positives and Karanka kind of said that the only reason he played it was not so much because Ramirez was out he said it was more because of he, he re-watched the game against Watford at the Riverside and he said that they play with two big strikers and often when against three and at the back he doesn't know whether his wingers should go and close the centre-backs down or whether the wingers should stay so I think he made a gamble today didn't he and in the end looking at the other results it probably paid off it was a decent he, point he, he did that a couple of times last year as well didn't he at Blackpool and at Sheffield Wednesday uh, he matched up the opposition yeah. who played 3-5-2 and, and tried it there with mixed results it's got to be said uh, it, it's very very hard to switch systems midway through a season when you've been ingrained into to playing in a particular way I mean, one of the criticisms of Itor is that there's no plan B but this season we've seen a, B, C, is this D now? Yeah, We've it's seen... still the same problem in each system though, isn't it? It's still that creativity. Yeah, and, and that, maybe that's personnel, because obviously we know that there's a, 
the lack of a ready-made alternative to Gaston Ramirez. But it's also partly to do with mindset in that, you know, he, he goes into away games looking to get the point, to keep it tight. Uh, but the shape itself, I mean, I like 3-5-2. I liked it when Germany played it. I liked it when Robbo played it. I think it can be, you know, with the right mindset, the right personnel. I think it can be an attacking system. And I think it, it ticks a lot of boxes. You know, it can be solid, but it gives you the extra width from the full-backs, the wing-backs. And it, if you're practised at it, you know, if you're well drilled at it, it can be, it can be a very, very effective uh, system. So, I mean, it's nice to have the option. Excellent point, obviously, but the frustrating element is that first half Borough were, I thought, the better team. But then it was like a flick of a switch again, and it was similar to like Southampton. All of a sudden, Watford were on top. I know that that's the era of football ebbs and flows, but Karanka said it after in his press conference. He said, it, in the end, it was impossible for us not to defend. But surely, I mean, how can that be? How, surely, then, then you start tweaking the system to try and get back on the front foot rather than just settle for what you've got. I don't know. The system, just just briefly on that before we move on, West Ham at home next week. Will we see it again then? Will uh, Gaston Ramirez, by all accounts, you know, he's likely to be out until the end of the month. We'll talk about Gaston more shortly, but he's likely to be out until the end of the month. So unless he believes Victor Fisher's ready to go in on the left, he's got the similar yeah. problem that he's had today. Yeah. Will, will he try it again? Unless Stewie's situation is uh, clarified or... Yeah, or which, or which is unlikely, isn't it? It, it is I unlikely, think. but, you know, that's... Possibility. Uh, so, what do you expect, West Ham? Do you think do you think we'll see a similar setup as today, or do you think he'll go back to to what's become the norm? Well, it's horses for courses, isn't it? I mean, he he said that he played like that to match Watford. But West Ham don't set out like that. So, you've still got an absolute tower of a man. I mean, Andy Carroll will probably start, won't he? So he'll be wary of that. I mean, I don't know how what exact formation West Ham play, but uh, certainly it's not three at the back of nothing. So I don't know it. That, the elephant in the room is that there's no, it's very difficult because there's no real options on the left. Now, he did try Adama Traore there, didn't he? In the cup. So he maybe lost, that, I thought, in the, in the Maybe left. that's an option. But then he's still looking at possibly Stuani on the right, where he, he, you know, obviously he doesn't. He looked far more effective today through the middle. But I would expect him to go back to four if I was a betting man. Might there be a new face in? Well, yeah, yeah. There obviously there is that, and, and, and there's been talk of a face out in, in Gaston Ramirez. Obviously, plenty of reports over the last couple of days, and and I talk around was asked straight about it, and, and John always said that there was no chance Gaston would be leaving before the end of the month. Yeah, that was interesting because I thought, I mean, he, he's asked about speculation in every press conference. You know, we always put the names to him, and he's very, you know, he's very guarded about kind of giving too much away. He always just says, "Look, I can't, I don't have time to deal with it, this and that." You know, he did always kind of straight back to everything but he was quite animated for him I thought in the post-match press conference he said there's no chance and that was his quote there is no chance that Gaston Ramirez will be allowed to leave so that I thought was quite forceful he claims that he didn't see he hadn't seen the speculation um, but to be so strong I reckon he, he definitely did see the speculation and, and that just re-emphasises how crucial Gaston Ramirez is to Ito Karenda's borough he, he has actually changed his policy the last week or so hasn't he Ito in terms of talking about transfer speculation. In the past, we've been able to write the quotes in advance. You know, uh, player X, yes, he is a good player, but he's not my player. I only want to speak about my players. My players are amazing. But in the presser on Thursday, he threw names in himself, didn't he? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, I mean, it was interesting, and make no mistake about it, I mean, it was no coincidence. 
incidents again that Gaston Ramirez wasn't in the Borough team and Borough didn't score or didn't create too much. I know it's a good point and we'll, we'll all happily take it given all the other results today. But Borough do struggle when Gaston's not in that team and, and it would be devastating to lose a player like that. He's not the he's not the, a world beater by any stretch of the imagination, but he's as close to a world beater as Borough have got. The names that he did throw in the hat, you, you touched on it there, Vic. The names that I talk around did volunteer on Thursday, and, and I mean the, the context of it was he was saying, "I'm I'm constantly told about speculation. I'm told about uh, Robert Snodgrass. I'm told about Bojan. I'm told about Jared Delafeu." Uh, so he volunteered those three names in the, in that context, and and you look at two of those players in Bojan and Delafeu and think they would suit the system that Borough have been playing yeah. more than the system that was played today. Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, that is, you know, that has been the default for three or four months now. Uh, it also gives him the option of going back to four-two-three-one, which is, I think, is his first love. Really, uh, we we said in August that they probably missed out on getting an, one extra body in, which would have been an attacking player on the right. Uh, you can't always get everyone in that you want. We assumed that January would be about that, you know, getting that extra body on the right and maybe someone on the left as well, and that would be it. It could turn out to be a little bit more of a, a, a rejig than probably the club would have thought. So we'll see over the next week or so. Out of those three names, there's one that jumps out to me, and it's perhaps the one that, that most fans won't really be that excited about. I think that if you look at Bojan, he's a player that clearly hasn't been playing well for 18 months for whatever reason or another and Aitor thinks he'll get the best out of him. Gerard Delafeo, the same, hasn't been playing well for 12, you know, for a year basically. Ever since really that he came to the Riverside last year when he was red hot. He used it all up. He's used it all up at the Riverside. The one player out of them three that Aitor put forward that would fit the Borough system instantly is Robert Snodgrass for me. He's a player in form, can play either side and he, the, the system for me is crying out for him. Borough need players who are on form straight away to come straight into the first team. I'm sure that's a consideration. You would imagine, though, that the Snodgrass one yeah, goes without saying that that would be the hardest to get done, wouldn't it, over the next few weeks? Uh, possibly. I mean, clearly, he's essential to Hull. And if Hull have any chance to survive, they have to keep all of their best players. That said, the manager will come in and he'll want to make a few changes. So if he has to sell an asset or two, Sometimes you have to make the sacrifice. Uh, plus, uh, we, we know his contract situation. In the summer, he'd be going into the last year. In the summer, he could be worth a lot less. And we know that Hull have got four or five really tough games coming up. In, in a week or ten days, their situation could be radically different. So it might be one that goes right to the wire, but I, mean, I, I don't think it makes it any harder. You mentioned there about, obviously players leaving as well, as well as coming in Jordan Rhodes is the one that uh, his name won't go away and it, it, a podcast wouldn't be a podcast without us mentioning him he he wasn't in the squad today which I guess doesn't come as any real surprise now Rudy Gestead's in is that a sign of things to come for him in the second half of the season if he does stay at the Borough well it's, he's, he's certainly his situation is now harder because now you'd, you'd imagine Rudy Gestead's in front of him so now he is he's very much third choice striker um, it's going to be difficult for him, and I think it's going to. It's, if Borough will obviously want to be bolstering that attacking line, and I think one way or another, I think it will tip right into the end of the window. Would it surprise me if Jordan Rhodes left? No, but Borough would have to get their targets in first. Now it was interesting that afterwards I spoke to I'd obviously Patrick Bamford.
that he kind of said, look, let's see, he's a player that I like, I've always said the door's open for him. And I got the impression that that's something that, that I thought would be very high up on his wish list to sort if the two clubs can thrash it out. Would there be players for Bamford and Rhodes? Uh, probably not. Uh, that's probably a question of the, the club getting its, its possible alternatives uh, lined up should Rhodes go. Yeah. Should Rhodes go, presumably bring in Bamford or another to fill that role. Uh, I find it a strange one with Bamford because after three lone flops in a row, he's lost 18 months of his career. And you'd think he'd want to go somewhere where he was going to be playing. And clearly, if he comes here, he's going to be behind the grado. Uh, I think that's a big risk for him. Although, quite clearly, it's convenient for all parties. Oh, sorry about that. I thought you were carrying no, on there. No, I was no, waiting for Going back to the kind of player coming in who can walk straight into the team and make an impact, you'd probably say Bamford isn't that that man at the minute. Well, you would think he's not much fit to start with. He hasn't played football for a long time. So you can't. I mean, the only way that I think the big selling point with Bamford is that Aitor has got the best out of him playing on the right in his four-two-three-one. If he goes back to that. Um, but it's all Has he? Play. I mean, for me, he got the best out of him in the second half of the season when he was playing as the one. Maybe, maybe he did, but his goals record from the right was better than anyone else's in that system. I mean, he made it work. Now, his, Bamford will not play centrally for him, will he? So, it is gonna, if, if it does happen, it, it'll have to be you will be pushing, competing with the likes of Triore and Sturani for the right-hand side. But Vic's right, I mean, I can see why Aitor fancies it, because he's a player he knows. Player fancy is that a gamble for the player? And I guess that's something the discussions will be held over the next week or so. I guess. Vic, on the just before we wrap up on the way down to Watford today, we were talking about how at the start of the month, you know, we, we largely expected it to be a quiet January, a quiet window. It's proven to be the direct opposite, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we thought uh, a couple of tweaks and someone for, for the right stroke left attacking roles. Uh, I think maybe people's minds are being concentrated by what other clubs are doing as well. Swansea started throwing a bit of money around. Uh, Crystal Palace are starting to throw a bit of money around. Maybe that just sharpens the mind a bit and uh, persuades them to, to go with uh, more tweaks than they would have liked. Plus you've got the, 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 the Stuart Downing situation which still seems a little unclear. We're told he hasn't actually put a transfer request in. He hasn't asked to move yet. There's a lot, a lot of noise coming from the Palace end, and there clearly is something in it. So it might be a case of their hand being forced. January is a terrible time to buy, but they do seem to have a couple of targets lined up, and maybe, maybe it can work out for the best. Really, you know, a blessing in disguise if you're forced to make moves that ultimately give you more options. Well, Palace, like Borough, are going to be keen to get things wrapped up as soon as possible because Allardyce hasn't had a difficult start in terms of fixtures, but he's had a shocking start in terms of results. No, he has, absolutely. I think we all we all expected Watford as the one that had plummeted like a stone, and I still think they're in trouble based on watching it today. I don't think they're a great team by any stretch. Um, I, I just always presumed Palace had a squad that was good enough to pull away. Um, well, that's a bad result for them today. Obviously, Borough against West Ham next week. You know, West Ham will have their tails up. Um, but no, I think I think I think the results today have gone Borough's way, um, other than the whole result. And I think that means that the point is a far better result than than it, it would have been otherwise. I think. Um, 
Rachel Naito was asked again in his press conference, wasn't he, about Downing um, after the game today, and he basically just shrugged and said Downing's got two or three years left on his contract. Which is a which is a message he also wanted to get out on Thursday as well. Although obviously we know there's a bit more to it than that. Right, fellas, I think we'll wrap it up there. Anyway, because my battery's dying, I've got the end of Glen Duran semi-final to watch on my phone. Can I just say, the Borough fans were fantastic today in joining in with the Graham Taylor uh, tributes and that was greatly appreciated by the people at the Watford end and the Watford fans were quick to show their appreciation Absolutely. as well weren't they it was a classy tribute all round wasn't it yeah yeah, no it was I mean sometimes I do think sometimes things can get overdone but I think that was perfect yeah. today I mean it wasn't it wasn't hysterical it was just bang on the yeah. money and he would have been really happy with that I think a fine way to finish thanks a lot fellas